35 plus 25, math. 35. Plus 25, 60? 75. Seven. Oh. 30, wait, hold on. 33, 35, 60. 55? 60. No. 55. You guys. <laughs> I can't believe that. 55. It's 35 plus 25. 55. Is 65. 70? 60. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> you know what? Maybe. Maybe instead of the Bible, we should join a math class. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. So, what story are we doing this week? Oh, amazing. I love that guy. Okay, call back later. <gasps> you guys, this week, <clears throat> we are talking all about Jehoshaphat's prayer. Ooh, you guys. Oh, and obviously, it, welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. And of course, another week, another day, another dollar. La Clara NYC behind the wheel. How are you? You know what? The intro never gets easier, believe it or not. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, am I getting worse? <laughs> I used to just, you know, roll off my tongue. You're doing great. I actually think that you, um, you do very well, to be honest. I know mine is the same. Like, how, how are you? Good, are you? Huh? No, you know, Clara. You, you put emotion to it, you know, you, I don't know. Like, yeah, but Clara, Clara, not everybody has to be a clown. Not everybody has to. You know what I'm saying? I'm a lot, you know? And I love what you give because if there were two Briandas on the show, trust me, the people would not watch. <laughs> That's why we're like yin and yang. Oh, yeah, we are. balance each other out. It's nice. Also, the people love you. Oh. I've been seeing the comments and Thank they really you. like you. And you know what that makes me feel? That makes me feel so, it makes me feel good. I always say you're like, Equal parts my mama, because you're such a mama bear. Like you are, she's so responsible and so, except when it comes to time, which I'm also irresponsible. <laughs> We're two peas in a pod. Um, but uh, I don't even know what I was saying because my earrings are distracting. Oh my God, you guys, I love my earrings this week. I like my look this week. I'm wearing three wigs on my head. Uh, I was Three going, wigs? There are three wigs in here. Wow. Three. I, I had to channel my inner drag queen. Um... And yeah, purple, I look like a grape. Come to the YouTube channel if you want to check it out. <laughs> if you're at work, just go to the YouTube channel quickly so the algorithm sees that and then just go back to the audio. Um, anyways, Clarita, how are you? How has your week been? I'm good, 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 good. Your yeah. lips look great. Oh, they've gone down. They're better now. I yeah. love it. They still need to go down a little bit, but at least now it looks they look decent. so yeah. good. They got me looking yeah. at me like, should I get my lip? Should I? Well, you already know I want to get under eye filler done. But um, we won't bore the audience with more filler talk. Mm. Uh, however, I do want to talk about something, and it is more serious than... Um, Fillers. Than filler, <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's a lot more sensitive. And normally, I don't talk about things of this nature. I just normally, like, <sighs> keep to myself. Uh, I only talk about, you know... Anything involving like sexual assault and stuff involving women, mm -hmm. women stuff, I'll ch I'll comment on. Anything involving my religion, I'll comment on. Or Dolly Parton, mm -hmm. you already know she is my. She's a, anyways, Dolly. I am her number one fan. Love you. I would love to meet you one day. I would love to have you on my show one day if you want. If you don't want, it's fine. I understand. We're still small and growing. 
I wanted to talk about what occurred last week at, at oh, well, one by the time they hear this two weeks ago, uh, Astro World Festival. The festival, I mean, who's it's ran by? I don't know who the the um, the festival. It may have been Live Nation, the festival promoters were, but obviously the face of it was Travis Scott, you know, Astro World, and uh, it turns out that eight people died at the festival. What? And hundreds were injured. Oh my god! And. I, there's like no way I can't talk about it. Like that is in, oh man. Live like, Nation. Live Nation, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, uh, they are going to get lawsuits till the end. They got like, the money do to pay. They? Because he just refunded all of the ticket holders. He just refunded all of them. Travis well, Scott. Everybody? Everybody got a refund. Wow. In my head, I didn't even know he was going to do all that. That's dope. I mean, if you go and you're not injured and you get your money back, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, but honestly, I'd rather have my friend back for some for, for some of the party goers. You know what I mean? Uh, I have so many questions. And the reason why I'm talking, I want to talk about it on this Bible show is because uh, just the current state of popular culture and music. And I don't want to sound like a crazed evangelist being like the devil's music is real this is what the devil's music does even though i know a lot of my bible babies believe it and my mom believes it too and stuff but it it, it this is where i want to examine this from go on the the fact that a crowd of 50,000 people can be so uh, um like have so much vigor when it comes to their worshiping of a celebrity, of a, a musical artist, is a little alarming and concerning. You know, the fact that this, they just heard me like gush over Dolly, but I'm not sure I would elbow someone in the face in order to go see Dolly. It's against my religion to worship idols. It's a huge sin. Mm. And this is what I want to, this is the lens I want to examine it on. If you're witnessing people being trampled over do you not how do you not go and help and then here's the thing at there there comes a point where there's nothing they can do i wasn't at the i wasn't at the festival i'm sure that if they went down they could have gone down too to help gosh i mean i really prayers out to the even the attendees of the event who had to witness you know those things yeah it just makes me concerned you know and then the fact that there was a child that died. What a was child? the child doing there? The child was 14 years old who died mm-hmm. at the He's event. He's a teenager. That's a child. 14 is a teenager. It's a child. 14 is a child. I mean, I wasn't allowed. My first concert ever, I think I was 18. But because my mom was terrified of like big crowds, so she would never allow me to go anywhere because things like that, really. Yeah. Um, but if I know people that they've gone to concerts younger than that, as long as they're with their parents. I mean, it's not like a parent is going to be able to stop these. But. I know. But, okay, you guys, maybe I'm reaching here. I don't know. And I don't want to be conspiratorial. But... This reminds me a lot of the crazed people who were used to worship Baal in the northern region of Israel. And the reason why, uh, well, no, there were multiple reasons, right? But one of the reasons being uh, why 
the, those who worshipped Baal were so wicked and evil was because they used to sacrifice children. And and I'm not say, listen, all I'm saying is it looks really bad. It looks really bad. The fact that there was even a child at the event, the fact that a child died, went there to have a good time and like it's just very eerie. And the whole thing's very eerie. I was saying this before, like the, the, the typography even was a little eerie. The mute, the people were reporting the music in between sets was eerie. The shirt that he had on was eerie. The background saying, um, what was it that it said? Um, uh, uh, see you on the other side. Ah, yeah. it just makes me feel sick. And I feel like there is a universal sickness happening right now. And trust me, not everyone's a Christian, mm -hmm. okay? Not everyone's even spiritual. You can still feel that sickness. And it's in the air, man, and it's really changed. It's changed the way we view celebrities. It's changed the way we view public concerts, right? Public gatherings, events. Of course, you know, there have been other other tragic things that happened, like that country concert in Vegas where a man, someone sh shot up a bunch of people. That was, that. oh my goodness. That's worse. Yes, of course. And it's also worse because more lives were taken by that maniac hmm. it's just scary it's scary and it just may oh i would never want to be a celebrity one says the girl on freaking putting herself on <laughs> hey man i get it i get it i sound like a contradictory ass <laughs> i know but i really that that's not the part that i that i that's not why i'm doing this for like I don't want that. I don't yearn for that. I don't, and I would never you, I promote it. You have to be crazy to yearn for that. Like, I think when people look at celebrities and we're like, oh, I want to be like a celebrity or whatever. Um, that's like you, that's the ugly part of it. Nobody would want to not have privacy whatsoever to, you know, just have all eyes on you all but the if time. You see, sorry to cut you off, Clara. Yeah. If you see the way Travis Scott is at his concerts, he incites that. Again, this is no sh no shame to him, but he promotes that that kind of stuff, and a lot of rock Lee stars Wayne do. did that back in the day. Kiss all of did the, it. All Eagle, of, yeah, all of the hard rock rock and roll was that Metallica and all these like Satan worshippers, whatever. Like a lot of them weren't Satan worshippers. I don't know. Well, that, no worshippers. I don't know the word, but like yeah, 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 yeah. hard rock, I mean? like yeah, for sure. Like they all is all about death and demons and I don't know, like Satan and stuff like that. I think there's, I think that there's an energy that's emit, that emits from that. And again, I'm not saying that, that they desire that. I'm sure I know Travis Scott has to be heartbroken, no, which by the way, his apology was abysmal. It was so embarrassing. Sometimes I'm like, do people even really, yeah, do pe he had a, a apology, uh, like a minute apology, two minute apology or something where he put a gray filter on it, a great, like. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost last night. We're actually working right now to identify the families so we can help assist them through this tough time. CPA filter on it, and he was just touching. That reminds me of um, touching his face. Like what? Who in the world? Why would you think about the aesthetic? of an apology video where eight of your fans died in an event that you produced, that you had a part in producing. Are, you, are these people not well? That's what I'm saying. Are these so out of touch with reality? It's just, it, it, we need a cleansing. Jesus, whenever, 
whenever you're ready. <laughs> I mean, I did want, I, I wanted to get married and have a kids in a big house, but it's fine. I don't have to see it. You know, like I'm just ready. There needs to be some kind of cleansing. I said this, I tweeted this out. Follow me on Twitter. I tweet, I, I tweeted like we need prayers and we need a call to action and we need to do that again. Repeat mm. because that should not be happening. That there's no excuse for that. It was preventable. It's heinous. It's so sad. I think honestly, it was greediness and bad planning or trying to cut down a budget. Because as an event, as someone that plans the event, you're just trying to cut budget from well, mm. getting more money, probably overselling ticket and cutting budget from health and safety like ambulances, paramedics. And like there was no exits. Wi-Fi. You're telling me you couldn't afford to put a tower there or something? I don't know. I know that there has to be. That Wi-Fi, sometimes it, it happens. Like I've been to a lot of I love festivals mm -hmm. and I used to go to the um, Notting Hill Carnival in London every single year. That's in the street. That's not even an artist. Like that's opening mm -hmm. the street, just walking around the street. There's so many people that there is no connection. So mm. sometimes it's not about the Wi-Fi, like every road, like imagine um, here in New York, like whatever little neighborhood that you walk around every That's day true. and you have connection, but it's so crowded, there's no connection. It's yeah. happened with festivals, wireless festival happened, like when it's this huge crowd. You would think that they would fix something like that. Like we have so much, we just created Meta. Facebook, whatever, they just re replace, like they're doing all these AI, whatever, flying people to the moon. But why is there no Wi-Fi at festivals? Why on Apple TV does it take me so long to scroll? But why, Sorry. why wait, how, how would Wi-Fi help what happened? Oh my gosh, people could contact more, like call for help, something like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Calling their friends, but making like, sure they're was, okay. Was it una pelea? Like a fight? No, mama. It was like overcrowding and people were being trampled over so crowd control you can't call like no but there if i mean i i know the tea from tiktok a lot of people talked about their own personal experiences on tiktok a lot of people lost their friends a lot of people didn't even but that's normal like that's what i'm saying and what like, i'm saying is we need a call to action because some things need to not be normal like okay. the fact that you know what i'm saying like that's something that should be changed because i'm sure a lot of people would appreciate wi-fi at concerts the fact that that hasn't been uh, fixed, I think that should be the next thing. By a call to action, a lot of things need to change. The age limits. Hard, and a lot, of, a lot of festivals do have age limits. Hmm. That needs to be enforced. Like, yeah. um, why, why, were there, why were medics sparse? Why were there, like, why were the EMTs, like, why were they short on EMTs? Budget. If you know that you had budget, whatever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that, it all comes down to money. I got like so always. mad. I got so mad, but, but, but I prayed. I've been praying, you know, for those families and for the people that, oh, lost their loved ones at an event that was supposed to be fun. You would know, oh, parents, parents aren't to, supposed to, aren't supposed to have funerals yeah, for their terrible. children. You know? So think if your child goes to a concert and then, no, that's. Yeah, man. Listen, Bible babes, keep all the, all the attendees of, you know, the Astro World Festival uh, in your hearts and prayers it's just tough, man. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to comment on it, but, um, if you, if you guys want to hop on the Bible babe, Bible yeah. stories with Brianda discord, or even in the comments of the YouTube, we want to talk about it, how you guys feel. If you knew people who went, let we can talk about it. If you guys want to 
I don't know, have a prayer circle or something. I'll maybe be down to do a that. First hand, someone that was at the festival, maybe they can tell us. Yeah. How it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Let us know if you know someone or if you were there or something. Anywho, we want to do our part, you know. Um, but I think we are ready to dive into this week's story. Um, and yeah, let's dive in. Let's go. And now, guys, before we dive into this week's story, of course, we've got to do some housekeeping. All right, some you know gentle reminders so that you can watch this week's episode and at least some of it will make sense because we're introducing a lot of new characters and I don't want you to be confused by it. I basically want you guys to understand that the most important part is seeing where God is in the story, despite all the new names that you're hearing. If you need to listen to this episode again or like, you know, rewind 15 seconds, this may be one of those episodes. Capiche? Okay. So this week... We are leaving the Book of Kings temporarily because we're going to go back next week. We're going to hop back into the Book of Second Chronicles. For anyone just tuning into Bible Stories with Brianda, we are attempting, <laughs> it's not been easy, but we are attempting to go through the entire Holy Bible in a relatively chronological reading order. What does that mean? The Bible as it is, is not in uh, chronological order, not even by date, not even by author. It's really not. Uh, it's intentional, though. If you read it as it is, mazel tov. But we're reading it in the way it was written so that we can better understand the storyline. You know what I mean? Which requires us to bounce around from certain books, much like this week. So Chronicles and Kings are kind of complementary books in that they tell the same uh uh, story in a different lens, different POVs, different point of views. Um, they're also written by different authors, right? So Kings was written by prophet Jeremiah. Chronicles was written by uh, prophet Ezra. These are two different authors, two different voices, two different experiences, two different prophets, two different messages. You know what I'm saying? Two different extensions of the Lord. And in a previous episode, I will pop it over here. I uh, found an analogy that was really helpful. Kings the details in the storytelling and the writing and the character development in Kings is that uh, of like a docu-series. Whereas Chronicles is a lot more concise, more numbers. It's more like MSNBC. Understood? So that's kind of the, the, the tones of both books. Okay. So today, some of the characters who we already know from last week's episode are going to uh, arise again. So if you guys are avid, you know, Bible babes, uh, you know, you guys know the story already from last week. You guys know who died. This week, I'm going to be referring to them again. So even though we know that they've died, we're looking at the story from another POV. So they're going to come back a little bit here. Does that, does this, under, does this make sense, Clara? Yep. Okay. I, I just want to be super clear about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now I wanted to recap where we left off. So where we left off in last week's episode, we know that King Ahab is dead. Uh, we know that Queen Jezebel was dead, but that was from the book of second Kings. I, I gave you guys a little bonus, uh, to tie a bow around that story. And, uh, we also know that Jehoshaphat is still King in the South, the Southern region of Judah, Clara map. So we haven't seen this map in a couple weeks, but we know that a couple things. 
The kings from the north, typically the most evil, wicked. The Judah, the kings in the south, were, as Clara puts it, more decent kings. <laughs> uh, another way to look at it is the kings of Judah were from the direct lineage descendants of David. Capiche? Capiche. So we know from last week that the prophecy that Elijah ends up, you know, saying to King Ahab and just like saying to the people ends up coming to pass. He ends up killing off the, the wicked family line of Ahab. And, 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 and even though we know that, um, the prophecy is, is coming to pass. And even, even though we know that, uh, now that Elijah has passed the baton to a younger prophet, prophet Elisha, even though we know that these things are true, we know that Elisha is the prophet, we know that Jehu is now the king in the, in the north, we know that Jehoshaphat is the, the reigning king in Judah, uh, some things discussed today, they're going to confuse you. And I say that because they confused me. Sorry, I had to interrupt the show. Look, are you tired of not knowing what stocks to invest in? or even where to begin, then join the Red Panda Stock Club, babes. Started by Ian Dunlap, or as we all know him as the master investor, or from his contributions every week with Earn Your Leisure. There are a lot of people talking about investing, but none of them have the track record that Ian has. The proof is in the pudding. He called to invest in Moderna at 43 in April of 2020, and now it's at 408, which is an 820% return. Once you join the Red Panda Stock Club, here's what you'll get. The four best stocks to invest in for long-term, the best entries on the planet, a year's worth of the best companies to invest in, the worst companies to stay away from, unlimited access to Red Panda for 365 days, and lastly, you also get a weekly meeting from Ian and the Red Panda family every Monday night at 9 p.m. Central, after Market Mondays. Baby, if you're tired of getting your behind kicked in the market, or simply want to learn where to begin with all the tools at your disposal, Red Panda is the place for you. Go to joinredpanda.com and enter the code BIBLE to get 50% off the next two weeks. It's easy as that, babes. Clara, grab the champagne. Back to the show. I almost had trouble even producing the show because you guys, I, I didn't understand it. It took me like a week to fully understand the gravity of the story and the characters, really. You did so, say that. So that's it. That's the recap now. Maybe take a notebook. Yes, bring notes. a notebook. Oh my God, yes. Please. And if I get anything wrong, please let me know because I may get something wrong. Okay? Vamos a continuar. Um, oh, natural deodorant. What gives? What's the point? What? I didn't smell anything. Of natural deodorant. I don't smell bad, but I don't smell great. You know? Like, what's the point? I, just give me the aluminum. I'll double up on aluminum. What can I do? <laughs> do what did you use? Like the stone? Yeah, the crystal thing. Oh, not, I've not, never tried it. It's a, it the good? brand crystal. That you, but it's like a deodorant. Yeah, yeah. That you put water on it and then and like then it, just, yeah. it leaves some kind of residual thing. But in my head, I'm like, I want to. That's super healthy. That's like the best. I wanted to try it. Do you use regular deodorant? Yeah, like bar. <sighs> 
I'm about to. I can't do this anymore. But I'd, I've never smelled you in my life. Well, whatever. Now let's dig into this week's story. We start off Second Chronicles chapter 19. And Jehu, the king in the north, is, you know, tis, tis, tis rebuking King Jehoshaphat. If, we don't, if you don't remember from last week's episode, Jehoshaphat actually uh, forms an alliance with King Ahab, remember? And when they went to war, he said that you have to come, whatever, whatever. Hey, Jehu tells Jehoshaphat, by the way, no bueno, man. You're never to be in the same team as an evil king, you know? So Jehu says, brother man, that's not okay. Let's hop into some scripture for some context here. We're going to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verse, verses 1 to 3. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned in safety to his house in Jerusalem after the war. But Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, wrath has gone out against you from the Lord. Nevertheless, some good is found in you, for you destroyed the Asheroth out of the land and have set your heart to seek God. So he says, listen, the Lord's going to rebuke you, but because you've done, you've done some good deeds here, as long as you make some changes, you're good. And guess what? Jehoshaphat takes this criticism, takes this critique, takes this rebuking, and does a, does a pretty good job. Like after this rebuking, Jehoshaphat clears all the Baal, the little like trickle of Baal altars in the south. He ends up, um, like I, I, the way I like compute it, it doesn't say it in the Bible, the way I compute it is like he has like an orientation for all the priests where like they all have to go to a, like a seminar to re-up their, their thing to like, um, how do you say, update their technologies. <laughs> yeah. They have to learn how to new, the, use the new software. <laughs> so, so Jehoshaphat basically he bring and he also raises a new, you know, uh, basically a new class of Levite priests, which is really dope. And then uh, there's something else that he does that I wanted to to say. He appointed more judges. So mm. he appointed judges in the, in the South, in Judah, to govern little pockets. Remember in the times of Moses, where uh, Moses' uh, uh, father-in-law, technically is who it was, um, Zipporah's father, tells Moses, saying, the best part of leadership is divvying out roles. The best leaders know how to do it. And here you kind of see Jehoshaphat do that in the form of judges and priests. Kind of mm. cool, right? He's doing amazing. People are loving it. You know, they, 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 they're more righteous because his leader is more aligned with the Lord. But of course, neighboring lands see this and they get threatened because when people see other people prosper, it becomes a threat to those that aren't. Mm. It becomes a threat to those that aren't aligned with God or in terms of the Bible, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and they, they threaten a coalition to attack Jehoshaphat, mm. to attack Judah mm. in Jehoshaphat. Yeah. Let's hop into some scripture for context here. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 4. After this, you know, the rising, the celebratory time and the, the, the renewal of a new Judah, uh, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meonites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom. Edom! Pause the podcast. If you guys know where, who was from Edom, a very famous biblical person from Genesis. Thinking music here, Clara. It was Esau, remember, from Jacob and Esau? 
Anyways, just... I don't remember. You weren't here for that. Oh, okay. Listen to the episode. <laughs> Grab your Bible. Clara. <laughs> Grab your Bible. Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you fraud. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm kidding. Um, back to scripture. So uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 3. Now, then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. You know what a fast is, mm-hmm. right? So in this time, he calls for everyone in Judah to fast because we need all the prayers we can get at this time. It's looking bad. We're talking about three armed, big, strong enemy lands coming to attack Judah. You know what I'm saying? We, we need a miracle here. Hmm. So uh, um, at this point, he asks everyone to fast. And hi, Tangi, not hi, Tangi. I wanted to give the Bible babe some information on fasting. Okay, yeah, because now I'm confused. Fasting is so important in certain religions. We know, you know, Muslims fast, Jewish people fast, Christians fast, we, we fast. And I wanted to like figure out some more information as to why it's so important, you know, and what exactly it is. Okay. And because I'm Christian, naturally, I gravitated more towards the resources that had a Christian lens, but I'm sure, but it, I, the reason why I picked it is because they can be applicable to other religions, you know? Uh, and this explanation comes from a pastor, Pastor Rick Warren, and his breakdown really resonated with me. And I hope, it, I hope that you guys, uh, it resonates with you guys as well. So what is fasting? Fasting is a spiritual discipline that is taught in the Bible. Jesus expected his followers to fast. And he said that God rewards fasting. Fasting, according to the Bible, means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food for a specific time and purpose. And uh, he also added... Uh, a scripture to back up what he just said from the book of Matthew. Uh, and here it says, when you give up eating and don't put on a sad face. Oh, let me break it down. Matthew chapter six, verses 16 to 18. If you wanted to read along. When you give up eating, don't put on a sad face like the hypocrites. They make their faces look sad to show people that they are giving up eating. I tell you the truth. Those hypocrites already have their full reward. So when you give up eating, comb your hair and wash your face. Then people will not know that you are giving up eating, but your father, whom you cannot see, will see you. Your father sees what is done in secret and will reward you. Now, why fast? There are a bunch of benefits, and he breaks them down to them. Uh, Firstly, fasting gives you more time for prayer. You can always use that time you normally spend eating as time in prayer for what God wants to do among, among this during a campaign. You're basically campaigning for your life almost. Mm-hmm. Secondly, fasting demonstrates the depth of your desire when praying for something. It shows you that you are serious enough about your prayer request to pay a personal price. And God honors deep desire and uh, prayer in faith. Thirdly, fasting releases God's power. It is a tool we can use when there is opposition to God's will. Satan would like nothing better than to cause division, discouragement, defeat, depression, and doubt among us. United prayer and fasting has always been used by God to deal a decisive blow to the enemy. Now, he also provides two cautions, which I thought were really illuminating. Uh, And they were, first, remember that fasting is not earning an answer to prayer. God cannot be blackmailed by human effort. Hmm. 
God wants to answer our prayers, and he answers out of grace. Fasting simply prepares us for God's answer. The second caution is fast only if your health allows it at Mm. this time. If you are able to do only a partial fast, do it in faith, and God will honor your intentions. Mm. Understood? I thought it was really important here, uh, and it gives insight into what's happening in in Jehoshaphat's life. Imagine going, coming into a place where you're like, not only do I need to fast, we all do. Did he tell them for how long they needed to fast? Um, no, there wasn't a specific, but there wasn't a specific amount of time. Because I'm thinking, even from a scientific point of scientific point of view, fasting is good because it's like it creates like a little cleanse on your body and your body can get rid of toxins and the organs start working better and like kind of levels up everything. But of course, only for a certain period of time. Then if you fast for too long, you're lacking nutrients, you're lacking energy. So it's hard for me to understand. Like I I get the whole prayer bit, but you're still going to a war. So if your whole city has been fasting for too long. Oh, Clara, this is such a good you're making such a good point because it's addressed. It's addressed okay. later on in the okay. book. Uh, oh, this is so good. Oh, mama. Listen, faith is nutritious, baby. Faith is nutritious. It's like a medium rare steak with the sides, <laughs> with the potatoes and the mac and cheese and the creamed spinach. You're making me hungry. <laughs> Anyways, so... There's this beautiful part of the Bible, you guys, in this chapter where Jehoshaphat leads with his people and he says a prayer for everybody. And it is so beautiful. Can I ple- Can I read it, please? Go on. Yeah, yeah. It's so, guys. Will you allow me to read this prayer, Jehoshaphat's <laughs> prayer, the title of this episode? Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 to 12, I may skip around. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Skip to verse 9. If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, and pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save Skip to 12. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so when you said like, well, they're about to go to war. Don't you think starving is is not going to be the best thing logically? Mamacita. A little bit, yeah. but Logically, intellectually, you are not wrong. But things of the spirit cannot be computed or transmuted with things up here, mamas. Very important. God gave us this too. You know what I'm saying? But it's a way for you to show your faith. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Right? It's kind of like that. Like the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's kind of like how deep is your faith? Now's the time. Let's see. Let's put. And also, right after this prayer, a temple worshiper comes out of nowhere. (laughs) 
oh, hi, Tangie, not hi, Tangie. But in this scene in the Bible, the first thing I thought was, have you ever been in a CVS and someone had a seizure randomly? Uh, no. I know it's really specific. <laughs> I know it's really specific. It's happened twice to me in my life. I don't what? understand. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on with CVSs and seizures? <laughs> but anywho, this when you see it happen, it's like, it's almost like shocking. It's like jarring, you know? It's kind of like, oh my God, right? It, All of a sudden, a man comes out like a worshiper and starts prophesying. I don't know, we're like a big giant prayer. After, after they had all like gone, been on their knees and prayed, this is another person. And he gives out the most affirming, confidence-building, calming prayer mm. in a time of war. Let's see what this temple worshiper said. Mm. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them and the Lord be with you. Oh, let's read that last one again. You will not need to fight in this battle. And that is how I answer you, Clara. They, the people will not need to fight, they say. Put, let me fight. I'm going to handle this. Mm. All you need to do is put your eyes and your faith on me, and the rest is on me. I got it. Like the tambourines, right? Like when they were playing all the yes. tambourines around the town that yes. they were going to conquer. The, yes, the, yes, 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 the trumpets the around. Trumpets, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Jericho. Yeah. Let me do it. I know this sounds silly. I know this sounds... But trust me, what the Lord has for us is far from silly. You know, and the king and all the people bow down before this worship leader and the worship leaders are the ones that lead the people into Judah. The worship leaders, they didn't know nothing about war. They didn't know nothing about battle, you know, but they do this. They feel so compelled to lead this people that are so, you know, scared, right? Just to remind them, hey man, I don't need to have armor right now. I don't even need to know how to yield a sword. Let's go. But what they don't know is that the Lord was going to be... See, I thought it was going to be metaphorical. Like, oh, don't worry, I'll fight for you. But then mm -hmm. someone was going to have to, you know, tussle. You know what I mean? Shout out to TikTok, <laughs> if you know. Um, but it legit, the God, God was legit. He wasn't being metaphorical. He said, y'all won't need a fight. And they didn't need a fight, Clara, because guess what happens? What? The three nations end up fighting themselves. What? <laughs> yep. The Moabites, the Ammonites, they all like, they kill each other. Why? They're probably even confused. They probably, maybe some of them confuse them for <laughs> Judah, for people from Judah. Or maybe some of them are like, oh no, we want to take the, we want to take all the mm. plunders and the treasures. No, we want to. You know, who knows? Mm. <clears throat> but I mean, you, I'm, I'm sure you can imagine that, that atrocity that would be the death of like basically three armies, three different armies. Can you imagine? And guess what? <laughs> so remember when I said that the, the worship leaders were leading them into war? <laughs> it's so funny so they come in they lead up to war tell me how they show up it's nothing but dead bodies everywhere <laughs> so the worship leaders turn around and I'm sure they were like okay. well turns out the Lord did it for us they didn't have to lift a single finger wow. they were all dead and bloody so you know what the Lord tells them to do though they don't have to lift a finger but they do take four days to like take the treasures and the tools and the, and the plunders and the I mean, stuff. Uh, I'm not surprised it took them four days. They had been fasting for a minute. They didn't have energy. Exactly. To pick everything up. And they do. But guess what? The Lord tells them to. The Lord tells them like, 
Now I did this. Now, now you guys are to collect these things, remove the bodies, clean up shop. You know what I'm saying? And like, how funny is that? That's crazy. I know. But oh, it's such a great, it's another example of where the Lord is in this story. Faith is an action. Faith is a verb. And man, we see it here. You know? Anyways, I'm like, what, Clara? No, I was thinking faith is an action. Faith Faith is a verb. Faith is is an action. That's what my mom always says. Uh, I always go, mommy, I love you. But you know, I'll be disrespecting my mommy sometimes. And I'm not proud about that. I got to be honest with you. I'm not. Um, I'll be screening her calls sometimes. And you know, I got to be a better daughter. But anyways, she always says, Brianda, el amor se demuestra. That's true. A hundred percent. I'm all in with your mama. Well, yeah. Well, the Lord looks at us like, Brianda, la fe se demuestra. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) This is where we take a turn. Because Judah is at a high, right? Led by Jehoshaphat. He's been killing it so far. But like they always do. Why do all good things come to an end? (laughs) Right? Like, so Jehoshaphat ends up making another bad deal, another alliance with an evil king. With After evil all lands. the good he's made, he's <sighs> redeemed himself. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. I, I don't think, no, I know, saying. I know. But listen, mama, that's life. And like, it's life. And we're not going to get too bogged down with the characters, right? It's where God is in the story. So Jehoshaphat ends up making a, a deal with none other than King Ahab's son, Ahaziah, which we already know from last week's episode, he died already. But like I said, this is another same epoca. It's a different POV. Mm-hmm. So Jehoshaphat ends up making another deal with the man that he already made a deal with, with his son. And the deal was they were going to, uh, because you know, all the other lands were becoming, they were like bubbling. Mm. So that's his neighbor in the North. Uh, they go, listen, why don't we work together and build ships, build boats, basically uh, to help foreign trade is essentially what it is between um, Israel and a land called Tarnish, which is modern day Spain. Hey, there you go. Ole, ole, ole. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we made it to the Bible. <laughs> yes, we made it. Yes, Tarnish. So they, so Jehoshaphat ends up building boats with Ahaziah, who is an even more wicked king than Ahab. Like, well, Ahab's pretty bad, you know what I'm saying? But, and, and also Ahab ruled for longer. But, um, cause Ahaziah only ruled for like two years or something. Um, but the Lord gets so upset. The Lord ends up destroying the ships. He wrecks the ships. Let's hop into some scripture. We, we almost made it. We almost, we almost made it to Spain. No, I think you guys did. You guys did make it to Spain, actually. So, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 35 to 37. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, joined with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who acted wickedly. He joined him in building ships to go to Tar- Tarshish, is what it's called. And they built the ships in Azion Gerber. Then... Elijah, the son of Dadavu of Marishah, prophesied, which is a prophet, uh, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, because you have joined with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. And the ships were wrecked and were not able to go to Tarshish. Oh, they weren't able to go to Tarshish. Mm. Wow. Wow. You guys are probably wondering. Well, It's not like he was doing evil. He was just working with evil, right? No. Hold on. Kind of the same thing. 
Yep. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you cannot worship two gods. Not only that, we know that Ahaziah worshipped Baal. Why are you going into business with someone who worships Baal? And that is why the Lord, I mean, it could be many other reasons, but I feel like that's the one that the Lord was like, I got to wreck these ships real quick. <laughs> you know, because sometimes the Lord lets the people do like some things to let them play out because he already knows what's going to happen. Mm. But this time I feel like he needed to dead that real quick. And I, I wondered, what's the difference between this one and something else? And I thought, I think it's because of the fact that Ahaziah worshipped other gods. Like not to place sin in a hierarchical order, sin is sin. But I just, that one in particular, God really is a jealous God. You know, the Bible tells us God is a jealous Lord. Mm. He doesn't want a polyamorous relationship with us. He wants a monogamous relationship with us. Okay? Anyways, so after Jehoshaphat um, uh, uh, goes and does the, the whole trade thing, his boats get destroyed or whatever, this happens almost at the end of his life. Like I said, he went into bad business with Ahab and his son. This is like intergenerational, you know, bad business. Um. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 31, we find out Jehoshaphat reigned for Judah. Uh, he was 35 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. So uh, 35 plus 25, math. 35. Plus 25, 60? 75. Seven. Oh. 30, wait, hold on. 30, 30, 35, 55, 60. 65? No. 55. You guys. <laughs> I can't believe that. 55, it's 55. 35 plus 25 is 65. 70? 60. <laughs> oh my God. Both of us. You know, maybe, maybe instead of the Bible, we should join a math class. <laughs> Just like an adult, an adult that basic was embarrassing. math class. You know what? Edit that part out. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> Um, they, they put that in Second Chronicles because, like I said, Second Chronicles is like reads like MSNBC. They're very like they don't add the the adjectives ain't there, but like they're very like to the point. So when he, they say you know Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah, he was thirty five. He ended up ruling for twenty five years, which we now know is sixty years. Thank you, math. Uh, then he dies, and after Jehoshaphat dies, his eldest son Jeho Jehoram J. Horam. There we go. I don't know why some names Medalucha and some other names are Medalucha. <laughs> um, his eldest son, Jehoram, takes the throne. Oh, and by the way, that name put a pin in Jehoram. Jeho Jehoram. Oh, Where's the accent? <laughs> Jehoram. Um, put a pin in that name because it'll come up later. And again, it will confuse you. For new Bible readers, I don't want to be reductive because there are people who know the Bible more than me and they're not going to be confused by this. And if you're not, you need to train me. Um, or like tutor me. <laughs> now that we know that Jehoshaphat is passed and his eldest son takes the throne, Jehoram, we find out that Jehoram was not like daddy because daddy was decent. Jehoram was not. Uh-oh. Jehoram, now in Judah, now we got some bad kings in Judah. He's, uh, you know, muddy in the waters down there, in the south, in the south. Like... He is running around Judah with the Confederate flag, like, <laughs> just worshiping Baal. <laughs> Anyways, it turns out that Jehoram is nothing like his biological daddy, but is everything like his father 
in law. Now, I know some of you may be confused right now, but Jehoram was married to King Ahab's daughter. Yes. So, to be exact, and I'll put this here, Clara, type this out for the people so they uh, are following. Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat and king of Judah, married Athaliah, daughter of Ahab, and was thus brother-in-law of the Jehoram of Israel. Does that make sense? So there are two Jehoram's. And you guys, I'm telling y'all some high tangies. When I was writing this episode, I it took me exceptionally long because I was confused. I mean, maybe maybe I'm judging you guys and you guys aren't confused, but in researching this episode, I got confused. You want to know why? Because of the same names. Same so two name different Jehoram's. Age. It's not like one's the father, one is the, like the same age. They were brothers-in-laws. Jesus Christ. I know. So anyways, he was doing evil in the sight of the Lord, the king of Judah, okay. Jehoram. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verses, uh, oh no, 2 Chronicles chapter 22, verses 12 to 15, uh, we hear Elijah, who we already know is dead, remember, but POV, POV change. Elijah ends up confronting, prophesying to Jehoram, the king of Judah. Mm. Okay? In Second Chronicles chapter 22, verses 12 to 15. And a letter came to him, to Jehoram, from Elijah and prophet, the prophet saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, or in the ways of Asa, king of Judah, ooh, but have walked in the way of the kings of Israel and have enticed Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem into whoredom as the house of Ahab led Israel into whoredom. Shout out, Weezy. And also you have killed your brothers of your father's house who were better than you. (gasps) That's right. Oh, I forgot to say that. Behold, the Lord will bring a great plague on your people, your children, your wives, and all your possessions. And you yourself will have a severe sickness with the disease of your bowels until your bowels come out because of this disease day by day. Oh, my God. Oh, you guys, there's a lot to unpack here. So here we find out, well, I mean, I, I forgot to say it because, again, scatterbrain. Um, Jehoram, Jehoram, sorry, guys, about that. I'll, I just am not getting that. How can I say Ishbosheth and Jehoshaphat, and I can't say Jehoram. It's a shorter name. Um, He ends up killing his siblings. (gasps) Yes, he kills his siblings so that nothing can threaten his power. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. And he does all, yeah. But Elijah, in that letter, says, you, my friend, are going to die of a rare disease. Okay? That's very specific, too. Yep, you are going to have the runs. (laughs) (laughs) You yourself will have a severe sickness with the disease of your bowels until your bowels come out because of this disease day by day. That's a slow death. I know. That is literally like, you know, the medicine commercials with uh, all the symptoms, the side effects. (laughs) He got all of them. He got all of them. It's a slow and stinky death. Yeah, slow and stinky death. Uh, In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 20, I may uh, skip around. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to him. The Lord stirred up against Jehoram the anger of the Philistines and of the Arabians who are near the Ethiopians. During this time, he ends up becoming chummy with, uh, you know, uh, enemy lands. Of course. Of course he would. 
back to verse 17. And they came up against Judah and invaded it and carried away all their possessions they found that belonged to the king's house and also his sons and his wives, so that no son was left to him except Jehoaz, his youngest son. So let me break that down a bit. During this time, because Jehoram had done such heinous stuff, in bad business with everybody, I'm talking about like more, honestly, he was more like his father-in-law than he was like his father. Um, his, the prophecy that Elijah put out ends up coming true. He ends up killing off Jehoram, Jehoram's entire family, his kids, like wow. the remainder of his kids, you know, except for the last one, the youngest one. So the youngest one ends up being taken and hidden away by a prophet just so they could save him. Because you can't forget, he still is the line of David, mm -hmm. right? So like, you can't really kill them all off because we need the descendants of David to provide us the Messiah. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it can, it, it, they need to be a descendant of David in order to mm -hmm. be a legitimate king in Judah. Capiche? And in Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 22, verse uh, 18, we find out that after all this, the Lord struck him in his bowels and had the incurable disease, which we already knew was going to happen. It ends up happening. In the course of that time and at the end of two years, his bowels came out because of the disease, and he died in great agony. His people made no fire in his honor like the fires made for his fathers. Ooh. He was 32 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for eight years in Jerusalem, not two. And he departed with no one's regret. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have now reached the end of this week's episode. And just because we know that Jehoram has died of a terrible bowel disease... The Lord's not through with what's coming to him. Because when Jehoram was alive, he was involved in, you guessed it, bad business. But this time, he was not just involved with bad business. Business. <laughs> bad business. <laughs> he was not just involved uh, in bad business with enemy lands. He also messed up really important relationships with friendly lands, too. Oh. You'll have to stay tuned to next week's episode to find out what he done did. <laughs> now it's going to moral of the story. Moral of the story is give it to God. Give it all to God. Give your worries, your anxiety, your pains, your... Suffering, give it all to God. Let him take care of it for you. He not only wants you to, he commands you to. Almost like a moral obligation, you know? In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, a random worship leader announces, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Oh, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Ugh, oh, I love that line. 
You know, the process of handing your uncertainty over to God is where the treasure is. That process is where peace and salvation is found. And I know when some people hear the word salvation, they get a little uneasy. Good. That's the point. If I haven't made myself clear in previous episodes, salvation is a choice. And the Bible shows us time and time again in written and recorded history that salvation is found when we heal, when we pray, and when we give it all to God. Ooh. Hey, Father. How'd I do? Oh, you know what? This hair, this job, this podcast, it's heavy. It gets heavy sometimes. No, really heavy. I have a migraine, Father. Mm-hmm.